0: I want us to become brothers again, like we used to be, and for us to find ourselves and bond with each other. Can we agree to that?
1: Opinions vary.
0: Welcome to this bonus episode of Three Brothers Filmcast, where um, the three of us are going to be talking about the 2022 Oscar nominees. Um, This is coming out on the Friday before the actual show. Basically, we are doing a bonus show because we didn't want to devote any time in a regular episode to it because it seems like... If the Oscars themselves are not going to take the Oscars seriously, why should we? Uh, <laughs> exactly. So if people haven't heard, essentially what's happening, a bunch of, you know, the Oscars have been kind of on a rating slide for 10 years now, I think since um, the family guy, Seth MacFarlane hosted. I think they've just been on a steady slide. And in a reaction to this slide, the Academy decided, we're going to reinvent the wheel. Um, we're going to cut eight categories from this from the actual live telecast we're going to record that before yeah. and we are going to invent two fan awards that are voted on by twitter fans and we're also going to include oh what do you know we're going to include performances of songs that actually aren't nominated for the oscars like the bruno song from incanto which is chart topping it's <laughs> chart topping but like it's not nominated and uh, today, the day we're recording, they put out a release of some of the people who are uh, presenting the awards, and I was just like, Who the hell are these people? Like Or <laughs> are they, they just like TikTok no...
1: influencers or
0: they had some weird ones. They had like Sean White, the snowboarder yeah, and Tony and Hawk, stuff. I think. Yeah. And I was just like, Who is this
1: for? So so, so, so this let's can I back... just say yeah. this this sounds like a Simpsons episode. No, it sounds like an like... SNL sketch or something. Like I'll even give SNL that but it's credit not funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's not funny. So it's an SNL skit, not a Simpsons episode.
0: Or a late a late season Simpsons one. The Oscars has kind of been sliding into this relevance within the culture, right? Like that nobody watches the telecast anymore. I think people forget that like back in the day, it was one of the most popular things in the year. It was kind of the art Super Bowl. Yep. Where yep. A, everybody would turn it on. And, and of course, you know, less pure people just watch TV in
1: general nowadays anyways. So like growing up in elementary school, like you go the next day and the teacher would ask like. Who stayed up to watch the Oscars? And about half the class would have done that. And like kids who weren't even into movies would talk about like what won best picture.
2: It's actually really disappointing. It is to see. Like I've watched probably almost, there's only a, I think the only Oscars I missed were the couple when I was living overseas where the time zone was completely uh, impossible. Uh, But probably watched every Oscar from 1993 when Schindler's List won. Or say it would have been, uh, whatever, March 1994. Yeah, in nineteen ninety four. In 1994, until, like, I even watched it the last couple of years. So it's really disappointing that this year they're not even really taking it seriously. Last year, the pandemic one was kind of weird, but I watched it to see what that would be like. Um, And, you know, actually, the saddest thing is that the year before that, when Parasite won, uh, for all, you know, the... people might complain about it it was kind of exciting to see when you know the momentum building when Bong Joon-ho was winning all these awards and he kept coming up and doing the same joke because he was like oh what I'm winning again and actually and it was that was the year that my son watched with me for the one of my my oldest boy watched with me that year and he was really excited about it and he kind of wanted to watch the Oscars but they, they aren't what they once were anymore now yeah. so it's kind of disappointing because he was like excited about it but I'm like you are not even going to have uh, a lot of the important categories other than just like the actors and stuff.
0: Yeah, and so so basically in this episode, because I, I'm not sure, like even though you just said that, Anders, that we've watched most Oscars up to this point, I, I have no intention of watching this year. It sounds awful, and I don't, wanna don't want to give them it. the ratings that these decisions are... Yeah. Like I have no interest in the like meme-worthy moments. I actually am always just interested in... Uh, who wins? The speeches, some of the jokes, and that's kind of it, like in the opening monologue. Um, but it really, all the things that the academy and current discourse talks about as being the bad things of the show, like oh, some random nobody comes up and has an award for a short film, and I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point, like exactly. him getting this is the, the moment award to shine. No, I, also, no, I, I'm
2: gonna go so f- far as to say that like if they really wanted to redo the the box office on it. They should do what they do with like uh, movies and actually mine some nostalgia here. Like bring Billy Crystal back (laughs) again or something would be better than what they're doing.
1: Yeah. But why don't they also then just nominate? Like, here's my thing. Like, again, like it's not like the Oscars were ever perfect. But like if you're if you're also concerned about, um, I guess, like tapping into younger generation or like a wider audience, like maybe you need to also nominate like one of the big movies. On the uh, box office, I don't level. actually. But I'm I not. I'm the, just saying, yeah. like, why would they? They simultaneously will be like, it would be beneath them to to nominate like, you know, certain movies. Sure. But at the but same time, they're going to bring in. To then they're going to like do this stuff to bring in people.
0: Well, a great example of this is the movie that won last year, *Nomadland*. I don't know if anybody watched *Nomadland* unless they were like film people. Yeah. Exactly. Like and it's already disappeared absolutely from the conversation. Like nobody's going to be talking about that movie. And it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's like a pretty good movie. Yeah. And if it's you listened to our episode last yeah. year, we we all kind of liked it. Exactly. But it's just like it. It's almost you only get a kind of actual culturally important movie that wins once in a while. Like Parasite was one because yep. it was the breakthrough of the international cinema and it showed the shifting dynamics of the Academy itself and the film industry. Rolling back from that, we had the Moonlight, La La Land thing.
1: where Yeah, that, the moon, that was but, the best moment in, like, recent Oscar history yes. when they read out the wrong winner. But remember, <laughs>
0: this is the... I, I know this is probably going to, like, piss people off if they hear this. People remember that moment far more than they remember Moonlight as a movie. And Moonlight's a good movie, but it is not a, like, cultural
1: touchstone. Yeah. Whereas La La Land actually, like, plays in those... Types of clips that the Oscars used to be all about where it was like the magic of the movies. So like growing up in the 90s and watching the Oscars is like sort of a part of my regular sort of yearly uh, cycle. Again, like it was always, you know, the, the Oscars are Hollywood and Hollywood is somewhat fake. So, it, it you know, you'd have these like montages about Dreamland and like the magic of the movies. But on some level, it also kind of like worked and like as a kid watching it, you sort of like caught up into like this idea that the movies do produce magic and like they've totally lost any sense of that like yeah that sort of like fun and also um what is hollywood's job like we're not here to be like super serious our job here is to like make entertainment that everyone enjoys like on some level
2: i think that it actually it it carried on longer than we think i think that despite some like you know people might criticize some of the movies that won in the you know 2000s uh you know like crash and stuff like that um yeah I, you know whatever someone thinks of that those were still like kind of memorable and i remember in my like 20s like throwing oscar parties and like getting together yep. with friends to watch it right i would i actually do think that to some degree like the shift happened when they expanded the category it was yeah. a big mistake one of the, the you never don't try to artificially juke the stats cuz what you did when you opened up the categories you got, instead of getting those big movies and you just got more and more small indie films which is fine if that's what you want but you, you but deflate it the, value the value of the, of the moment, of it. exactly the so like ironically so in 2008 the precipitating uh, event that like caused a lot of this it connects to the the discussion around superhero films and their domination is that The Dark Knight did not get nominated for Best Picture right and people really wanted to how could the film that at the time was one of the biggest movies of all time right not get nominated ironically the next year the biggest movie of all time did get nominated Avatar that was at that time the highest grossing film right but I also think that in 2008 as much as it, um, you know, maybe hasn't doesn't have the same power that The Dark Knight does. Slumdog Millionaire was like a legitimate hit.
1: it, yeah, made, it, it made money crap, and it? people
2: watched it. So a lot of like, your, it was the movie that like at least your parents and like, you know, uh, sort of um, you know older people all loved. It was a, it was a hit. You know, even yeah. if it wasn't a blockbuster like a Titanic or something like that. But then the next year. You get Avatar, and then it loses to the Hurt Locker. I love the Hurt Locker, which yeah, but, but nobody watched the Hurt Locker. Nobody watched it. And now, and then the next year, you know, you still got Inception and things, but then the, and then the King's Speech, and then it just starts, which was again a modest hit. But that every time they try to juke the stats, yeah. even even with like racial representation and stuff, every time they try to juke the stats. You know that was going to happen naturally, not by trying to to fix it that way, but just allowing more diverse people to be part of the uh, the academy. And you ended up having literally a run of like, you know, let Latin- Mexican directors, and multiple people from East Asia, um, you know, you had people forget that like, uh, Get Out was nominated for you know best picture and things like that. That was a hit. It's like it they're not focusing on the right things. They're you know, and I think that it was a it was a doomed idea to try to like recapture something of the past and they should have just embraced uh maintain the smaller category embraced what cinema was and the role that it played and play up those elements rather than again like sort of yeah. juking the stats and i th- i think like you know to clarify
1: like i i was fine with with hurt locker winning that year but like um but it the problem was that it felt like it was forced like it wasn't an organic decision by the academy. It was them being like, "We're gonna choose, like, an artistic film that makes a, sort of a political statement on the war, versus like the movie that was far and away the most popular thing anyone watched that year."
0: Yeah, and it, this is not a th- this is a thing. Like, Oscars is not a popularity contest. The popularity influences the decision, but it's not always a thing. But they've started viewing it as this kind of really artificial. Well, we gotta crank the popularity stat, but we actually have to now crank the other like. <laughs> Industry stat. And, oh, so this, like, machine starts going out yeah, of control. It's they're doing
1: too There are too many, too many once dials. Once start should. doing that, as you're saying, yeah. Well the guys in working Metropolis the working the big thing at the bottom. Ah, yeah. Running the city. Yeah.
2: Well, it's actually a good, uh, you know, metaphor because Hollywood is just uh, mammon. <laughs> it, it <laughs> this year it's going to flood in.
0: Oh, okay. So, so I thought that basically we, in, in, in place of having a kind of Oscar recap thing, we can have a bit of a, just talk about this year's Oscars. We can talk about the Best Picture nominees. Maybe we can all give um, some thoughts on the Best Picture nominees and then like a prediction of what we think might win. Um, I'm sure we'll find other opportunities to complain about the Oscars as we do this. So (laughs) um, I'm just going to recap for people if if they're not familiar what the actual 10 nominations are for Best Picture. And this year they did go back to having a required 10. It wasn't like a weird float between 5 and 10.
1: But that's also the 10s too many to hold in my mind. It five, is. you could always be like, okay, got
2: to seen
0: them all. Yep. The th- a thing I always go back to because 2009 was the first year with the expanded Oscars field yeah. for Best Picture, the movie that I love to bring up that was nominated for Best Picture, District 9. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love District 9, but I'm just like, that weird South African sci-fi movie was nominated for Best Picture. But you also got
2: great things like Serious Man. You had Pixar's Up. I mean, like, it was actually, it kind of seems to work used- a bit.
0: They actually nominated animated movies for a few years like Toy Story 3 and stuff and then they seemed to like just forget about it. we like so a good example is 2015 Inside Out. Everybody was like raving about Inside Out. How
2: Did it, it get nominated? Did it get nominated? I don't recall.
0: It might have, but like there's the I, some years you get like m- the best animated, animated that
1: feature is, makes it again yeah. sort of a diminished. It memory. is and it goes back to the Beauty and the
0: Beast 1991 thing where like when that was nominated it was like a huge deal that an animated movie was nominated for best picture. Yeah. Anyways, I, I digress. Um, so so for the 2022 Oscars, the nominations are Belfast, which is the Kenneth Branagh movie about um, the Troubles growing up. It's kind of ref- black and white, nostalgic reflection on his own childhood, kind of semi-autobiographical. In Northern there's, Ireland. Yeah, Northern Ireland. I should say Belfast itself. <laughs> um, there's Coda. What is it? Is it? It's, it's set in Belfast? Oh. <laughs> it's about a boat named the Belfast. No. <laughs> oh, <okay>. No. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so then, the kind of I guess underdog is within the self, the stylings of the weird people that spend all day, every day, just talking about awards races and somehow get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars doing it. I don't get it. Um, Coda, which is a acronym, I guess it would be. Yeah. So, child of adult, uh, deaf adults, and it's a it's a Apple TV movie. It's a kind of a crowd pleaser about a girl who has deaf family members and she wants to be a musician
2: i had never heard of that film until it was nominated
0: i heard about it it
1: was a sundance film i heard oh, about okay. that a little bit and that's it the, the the fact that like my my wife who doesn't watch a ton of movies has seen that movie and i haven't sort of sums up kind of the kind of movie it's. but she
2: watched it because it was on apple tv and it was convenient to watch and she likes a nice story yeah then. and like
1: the story looked interesting and like but like that i think like you know it's the thing people read the plot and then they're sort of drawn into the idea
0: no, for sure, it's and it actually does kind of fit the um, tradition of those Sundance crowd pleasers yeah. sneaking in, A Little Miss Sunshine, like a Little Miss Sunshine, yeah, exactly. Um, another nominee, Don't Look Up, Adam McKay's Netflix satire, which we talked about on the podcast. Yeah, and
1: you were a huge fan, so I'm true. Sure <laughs> yeah, before. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> what happens <laughs> if it wins? What, what if
0: it if it wins? I'll kind of laugh. It will be a it will be a see it will be kind of a crash moment because one of the things we didn't say with Crash, it's like. Yeah. again, Crash winning was a cultural moment. It was an yeah. upset. You yeah. remember it. You remember it Crash be because you're like, like that's the movie that won over Brokeback Mountain. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, so Don't Look Up getting in the field was probably inevitable because of the star power behind it and all those people calling their favors for the votes, but <laughs> it's, it's it's a little bit ridiculous that a movie with that has like that much of a divisive take is in there. I don't
2: like him. He makes me sad. I'm sorry uh-huh. about that. Yeah
0: another movie Drive My Car which we also talked about on the podcast which is actually surprising mm. that it got nominated yeah. and but it's a great show film that and we talked about that on the podcast episode. yeah that international cinema is kind of breaking through into the Oscars
1: specifically in the best picture category yeah because that didn't actually happen all the
2: time like so Parasite um, you'd have some you know maybe you'd think two th- Life two, is Beautiful one of the few like times the big, in big... 2000 when Church and Tiger was nominated is one of the few times where that would happen
0: yeah, and, like, Amour was nominated, the Michael Haneke film. But that was
2: back but when they expanded the field, though, again.
0: Exactly. Dune is nominated. And Dune actually has the second most nominations, but it somehow did not get a Best director nomination. But the joke here is that Dune got a nomination in every single technical category. And yet, uh, so apparently... <laughs> and it's it has, the highest grossing of all these films, yeah, too. Yeah, but it's, so it's like, apparently it can have the best look, the best sound, the best design, the best makeup... But the person who told all those various category fields what to do, nah, nah, nah. Yeah,
1: yeah but those, those, those awards aren't being shown, so it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, the eight categories, the eight, um, ones that are not being shown on the broadcast are f- best editing.
1: <gasps>
2: best editing? Editing. <laughs> That's so literally insane. one of the, like. <laughs> not important at all. Writing, editing. editing, cinematography. Those are like the three elements of yeah, sound. So don't you get it? It's a, joke, it's a joke, It's a joke. They cut it out. The editing, <sighs> disgusting.
0: Yeah, so well, as somebody, as somebody almost snidely, I think actually like this was like a genuine take. It was one again one of these weird sickos <laughs> who's all about the awards race. But they're like, you know, it's kind of like they took the t- dictates of best Hollywood editing to the show itself. We cut it up.
2: It's like a good thing. And I was like,
0: <laughs> what? Also, but this is the other. Th- the other is, irony
2: like, I was going to say about editing is that you know when we're trying to go for representation, historically editing is a category that some of the greatest editors of all time are women yeah <laughs> yeah well, well, i'm just Schumacher, thinking least, others like this is ridiculous maybe
0: this at least will save us from having to watch don't look up when for it's like absolute like throw a pie at a wall and <laughs> film it um it's similar to the bohemian rhapsody the infamous <laughs> clip oh, yeah. with all the things edited shot together of and then it won just you you can can you Gillen looking at together. rami malek <laughs> looking back and you're like why is there like 10 cuts here
2: <laughs> it's a, the miracle that they managed to stitch together that film out of the, the footage they had.
0: Oh, man. Okay. Um King Richard <laughs> is nominated the Will Smith movie where he plays the parent of uh, Serena and Venus. I, th- I assume he'll win best Picture, actor, right? Like, I guess Andrew really? Garfield. Andrew Garfield. No, Andrew could maybe... Garfield, no, no, no. I Benedict think Will Smith is, is going to win. You don't think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win? No, I, like Will Smith has won like every precursor. Huh. Yeah, I, I think. There's I kind of thought Cumberbatch would world. be a lock for Power of the Dog, I think they but... just want to give Will Smith it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you didn't win the other times. Um, licorice Pizza is nominated. Excellent. The Paul Thomas Anderson 70s movie. About a pizza shop. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he specifically was like, the title of this movie it makes no sense to anybody but me. But I have to put it in there because it fills me with like warm feelings for the 70s. Tell, tell
1: us what it means because I, for some so reason, it, it I really it real could store. not know it. Yeah, it's it's a, a real record, record store, store. But movie. M-
0: but what is a licorice pizza. It is a black pizza made of vinyl it's a vinyl record like but i couldn't mean for
1: some reason for so long i that never made that mental connection but it's
2: not actually mentioned in the movie but it's just no, it's a, a popular well, record store that he went to in the valley the original oh. title was
0: soggy bottom which is his initial name for the waterbed in the film which is oh really funny
2: so he only has titles that are just like
1: an absurd
2: phrase <laughs> you can't have soggy bottom because it reminds too much of uh Oh, brother, we're out there in the Soggy Bottom Boys. (laughs) Reminds me of Bikini Bottom, Spongebob Squarepants.
0: (laughs) One of the greats. One of the greats. Um, Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's remake of the noir is nominated, and it's actually on Disney Plus now streaming. Mm.
1: Yeah, still need to check that out. We love, we love, love, love the original. Uh, Oh, yeah, the original's amazing. If you haven't seen it, you gotta try to find
0: it. And, like, the, the new one's interesting. It's just, again, it's one of these weird... Perhaps redundant remakes where there's not much, um, almost nothing that improves on the original. Uh, The Power of the Dog is nominated, which is Jane Campion's western, and that's the top nominated film. It had twelve nominations across the board, and it's actually the first movie in a long time to have all four of its lead actors nominated.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it has director that usually should be the tell for being like.
1: And it has director and picture. That used to be the tell for like what was gonna sort of win. But I yeah. think wrong. That, like, it's yeah. Netflix aspect makes it unclear.
0: Exactly. And we can get into this when we start talking. And then West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg remake. And now, Anton, I know you have some burning thoughts about West Side Story. Yeah.
1: Like, well, we just <laughs> talked about redundant remakes and I kind of felt that. Like, uh, I heard you guys like waxing poetic for like a month about the camera work and Spielberg so good and like. And then I watched it, and I just it was kind of like, "Man!" And like, I think for a Spielberg movie, I was like, "I probably haven't been like this unfazed by Spielberg since like no, maybe since going the- <laughs> all the way back to like the Terminal.
2: No way! This is a million times better than the Post, which was not. That's one of my least. Oh favorite yeah, Spielberg yeah. No, like, I kind of forgot the Post. Um, yeah. No, I probably West, West Side Story. I was. I thought. I thought it would be like redundant because I think the original's so good. But I actually, as I in my quick letterbox recap after I watched it, was never doubt the maestro. Spielberg is the great, the goat, the greatest director of all time, and in this one he shows, uh, you know, why because he takes the same, you know, material, the same songs, which are already so strong on their own, and he infuses it with, I think, a uh, his own vision, his own style. It feels like a Spielberg movie. It has that Janice Kaminsky cinematography, and he has he actually I, this is the one with controversial take, even though I think the original is probably better in some ways. Um, I think because it's I think more classic, less of its time. There's certain things in this one that are very of this moment. But the thing, I, I think that actually, this is I think the leads are better. I actually think that Tony and Maria here, they're, I think having them do their actual singing, because they, uh, Natalie Wood and Richard Bamer were dubbed over in the original, Ansel Elgort yeah. and uh, Rachel Zegler, who apparently was not invited to the Oscars. This is insane! How can the lead actress of a f- the film that is nominated for Best Picture and Best Director and uh, tons of other technical categories not be invited? It's this is an insult to her and to Spielberg. Like Steven Spielberg, if you know, if get on the phone and tell them that this is outrageous.
0: Oh, she'll. I'm sure she'll be invited now, but after the after the controversy. But like, I
2: just don't understand how you can do that. For sure,
0: especially especially silly when it's like it hits some of the marks where she's like she was like a youtube star yeah and she's oh, she was. latina
2: this is her first movie and yeah.
0: she's an up-and-comer she's an ingenue it's a song thing like it's she's diverse she's pretty like have her in
1: yeah, one, but that's, one of those shots but that's in that's the audience oscars. of her in they're, a big dress this, this is, is the oscars they're gonna, they're gonna go up on stage and talk about representation and the need for equality and then simultaneously disinvite people like uh
0: yeah, and not let all the up-and-coming filmmakers actually accept on the stage, on live, or the short film categories.
1: But, so, okay, West Side Story, my thing is just that, like, one, like, it kind of actually made me rethink whether I actually love the original West Side Story. I'm sort of thinking that I don't think it's one of my this, favorite that's musicals.
2: That's
1: blasphemy, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the blasphemy. <laughs> like I just like I was like yeah I haven't I so, haven't like thought about so, that movie in a long so do time. Do you like yeah.
2: dance musicals? This is a question. I think you're it's possible I don't. Yeah, because you don't like really Gene love Kelly. Singing in the Rain either, right? What
0: about Fred Astaire movies? As I, I like, 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 you like, you like it, but like I you, I like but you would not agree rain. with me it's that
2: happened. singing you didn't agree with me when I had Singing in the Rain nominated as one of like the twenty five great movies ever made. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it doesn't have the the substance for me.
1: So
0: so Anton, I can understand. So I can understand if you don't actually love the material that this new movie doesn't wow you. I can get that and I can also kind of get a, a take of it being like redundant or, or not necessary because I do think the original is still better. Mm-hmm. My question mark is when you're like the camera work did not wow me. So are you saying that the shot where the camera cranes over top of of Tony when he is singing about the girl he just met and he steps into the water and the sparkles of the lights turn into stars around his head there it's like the actual imagination and, and and love inside his brain is bursting into the physical world around him and it's all in one nice camera move over top so those kind of shots it's just like meh yeah like i don't even recall that that moment i think
1: actually you know what i'm gonna I, tell you what it
2: is that you didn't see it on the big screen that's possible I, and you weren't I paying enough attention you were too tired screen. and probably not paying attention
1: it's possible <laughs> but like i i think but it, I overall I was wondering like after watching I was like why would um why did Spielberg like hang his hat on making this movie because it's his
2: favorite it, musical of all time yeah
1: but it's just like it it doesn't seem like essential to me
2: now I I was skeptical of remaking it but I was won over but
1: you're wrong but that's do fine. you want to <laughs> a- Anders on a final comment just sum up like so why do you think that this is a valuable remake given the fact that on uh like we've been talking about remakes and... yeah
2: because i think that he it's like it shows that occasionally when you go back to original material and and readapt it that you can actually draw out different emphases and you can actually like find something uh new and different in the story one you can also apply your own like uh, a tour touch to it because it really feels like a spielberg movie in a lot of things especially a spielberg movie of the last 20 years that kind of Kaminsky Spielberg collaboration and uh, like, but I also think there's some thematic elements that he does a really good job with. I often talk about for one, the he re- he actually returns to apparently the the original uh, pl- stage version for the order of a few of the songs uh, because there's no intermission in part uh, in this, and um, specifically the one uh, one hand one heart. The, the love song, which in the original film is staged in the uh, dress shop the sort of it's, the, it's essentially the, sh- the Romeo and Juliet wedding scene, right uh-huh. where Tony and Maria are symbolically married and Spielberg has it restages it that Tony takes Maria to a small church in up uh, north of the Bronx. And they actually do it in front of, like, a stained glass window with the colors and light. And that actually, to me, actually makes it actually more spiritually uh, significant. It, may, it adds, lends that scene more credibility as a sort of uh, the wedding scene, uh, from the, of, if it's, you're thinking of it as Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And, uh, again, like I said, I think that he there is something about having the actual actors do the singing. And in many of these cases, uh, the performances are very good.
0: Okay, well, that's a, that's enough West Side story <laughs> uh, But I am always curious because in terms of remakes, um going back to a kind of tried and true storybook is a classic stage thing or a music book. So it it makes sense that like you would remake a musical and you just do the exact same story, the exact so same you, song. yeah, so you're you're talking about
1: thinking of this as uh, not like so revival. much a remake, uh, not so much a remake of the the movie but a readaptation of the stage music. It's still well, it's indebted not, you, to the film,
2: though. You, because it has, I, would,
0: yeah. I would call it a revival, like as in usually it's like this hasn't been put on Broadway for 30 years. Now we yeah. have the revival of, of any, yeah. um, Anything Goes by Cole Porter, you know, like.
2: <laughs> and it shows also I, I like it as a test case because the material is so similar. Like, obviously, the screenplays are, are a little bit different. Tony Kushner did a readaptation of the, the screenplay, the dialogue. They, they changed some of the roles, for instance, um, making the role for uh, Rita Moreno to play the, uh, you know, the shopkeeper doc role that she's Doc's widow and and the relationship between them and Tony. But um, I think when you get a situation like this, it's almost like as close as you get in Hollywood today to like uh, a Lars von Trier's like Five Obstructions, like I'm going to give you this material and then you make it the way you would want to make it. It allows you to actually identify, because a lot of people don't really understand what film directing is. You know what I mean? But when you have something that's so similar in terms of, like literally the same like, music book and the script and, for the most part, that allows you to see what exactly a director does. The choices that a director makes that are different, that it's not, so, you know, I think a lot of people are really screenplay and performance oriented actually when it comes to film, or they really like talk about cinematography only, but this tells you about what are the choices that a director makes to make a film their own
0: yeah and just jumping off that that um guillermo del toro has a really good twitter thread where he breaks down west Side, like this like spielberg's camera decisions in this movie and maybe i'll share that in the in the episode notes because it's it's a instructive thing where another filmmaker who's very technically accomplished himself looking at what Spielberg's doing and being like holy crap that's crazy some of these things that he's doing with these camera moves and and just the way that he's um informing what is being shown when and when it's moving based off what's happening in the frame? It, it is instructive on directing. Maria, Maria,
1: Maria, 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 Maria. I've just met a girl named Maria, and suddenly that name will never be the same. Maria, I've just kissed a girl named Maria, and suddenly I found how wonderful a sound can be. Maria, say it loud and there's music playing. Say it soft and it's almost like praying.
2: Maria.
0: Okay, just. I don't want to go through all the categories, so let's just focus on Best Picture. Yeah. Who do you, what do you guys um, think
2: is going to win? What do you think should win, Anders? I kind of thought Power the Dog would win based on the number of nominees, but as you pointed out, maybe people don't want to give it to a Netflix film. So I could see either Coda or Belfast winning, just as crowd pleasers. Kind of just, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't actually followed like the 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 race, the horse race or anything like that i'm just getting kind of getting a feel that those two even though i haven't seen them yet might be you know not the least divisive films in some way um, if i were going to give it the two films on there that were two of my top 3 films of the year uh, were west side story and licorice pizza so i would give do you think west side those.
1: story has a chance of winning?
2: Yeah i do actually i think west side story might have an outside chance. Would that make it the only remake to win if it did? No
1: no, Departed won, Ben Hur won, lots of remakes won. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, The Departed.
0: There. But and it might be the cheated. only
2: time where the original and the remake both win, because West has Story won Best Picture. Yeah, the only time 63. for
1: both. You're right.
0: Um, I would have to look in. I'm trying to think. Because The any Silent 1930s Ben Hur movies. is uh,
1: it's pre, Oscars. Pre, pre Oscars. Pre-Oscars. Don't look up. Can't win, right? It might.
2: It? I think. I think it has a better chance than like Dune or Nightmare Alley. I no.
0: I actually think, Dune, think Dune has Dune? like a decent chance. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, well it's the I, biggest the, box office the, hit, right? The, the no, but the support for Dune and specifically, so if if Power of the Dog is going to be handicapped by having being a Netflix film and people's bitterness towards Netflix and streaming, Dune is the opposite, where a lot of filmmakers look at Dune as being like that's the movie that got people back in theaters, hmm. and yeah. so they're actually really thankful for the fact that Dune was this a big hit and then was also like critically adored, so that people could be like. Well, that's what we were trying to talk about—a big,
1: smart movie that people actually like. Um, Anton, what do you think? Yeah, what do you like, gonna win? I feel like I'm so outside of knowing what the, like, what's the power player right now. Um, like, I actually thought kind of that the Power of the Dog might win, but because I hadn't really thought much about your sort of ne- your opinions on what the Academy thinks of Netflix, um, I could also see Dune or Belfast. Probably those three I think are most likely.
2: And
0: what do you think should win?
1: Out of these, I'd probably pick Dune. Like, I think that's my favorite of those remaining. I also really like Belfast. Um, what about so Drive My Car? Yeah, actually, you know what? Like, I think it would be pretty awesome if Drive My... I Sorry, I'm kind of just... It sounds bad, but, like, I shouldn't discount it. But I'm just thinking, like, it's not going to get. But maybe it does, like, a Parasite thing. I would kind of love if it did, because, like, a three-hour, three, three hour, like, you know, slow drama That would be kind of awesome.
2: I also, like... I actually think this is a... You know, of the ones I've seen, is a pretty good list because actually, there's five of the films that were on my top ten are nominated.
1: Yeah, like it's it's a long list. So I don't. That's the thing. I was just looking through it again. I was just like, oh yeah, like you know what? Like you're right. Like some of my favorite movies of the year, like I I didn't have Drive My Car on my short little list. I did because I hadn't seen it yet. But like I love I love that movie. Dune for me is just kind of like it's the big movie that sort of like it was such a good experience in the cinema. So I would appreciate it winning. And I do think Belfast is a really good movie and might speak to um, uh, the, the moment of sort of like some of the sort of like tensions in the world. Yeah.
0: Well, if this was back in October, I probably would have thought Belfast was like far and away the front runner and say that would win. Power of the Dog has clearly had the strongest awards season and keeps cleaning up all the technical and, and, and things like that. But CODA seems to be um bafflingly strong momentum and i don't know how much momentum means in in these kinds of award races yeah. but it clearly means something there's a reason why all these people having these gushing profiles talking about it and it's a reason that it won screen actors guild award so or like the ensemble award which is their version of best picture i think the fact that it fits into that kind of tried and true crowd pleaser tearjerker mode and that it clearly has a lot of very passionate fans because of the of the um the diversity of having uh, deaf people <laughs> like as the main characters in a film, and it's very tuned around that. I still don't know if I want to discount The Power of the Dog because of the fact that it had like everything nominated and that there seems to be a bit of a Jane Campion victory lap occurring. So I'm kind of torn between Coda or Power of the Dog. If push came to shove, I would probably go against my my advice for myself in the past and say Power of the Dog will probably win. But I don't know. Cause I remember I still remember the the kind of closest to this would be two thousand nine Oscars, which is the 2008 season, where it was Roma versus Green Book. And everybody's like Roma, 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 Roma. And I was like, they're not gonna give it to Roma because it's a black and white foreign film on Netflix. Doesn't matter how much they all love it, they're just not going to, they're gonna give it to Green Book. And yeah. I was right. And I saw no other prognosticators say Green Book was going to win that year. And so I was like, ah, always, always go with the, the like cynical choice.
1: But um,
2: <laughs> right, can I can ask but the, I, but, question for you guys. But guys,
1: the, well, sorry, the real question is what's going to win these Twitter polls.
2: Yeah. Apparently this is tell Aaron this is really funny because categories. the reason that they brought in these Twitter polls is because they wanted Spider-Man No Way Home to be to nominated an award and, and win. Right the fan award. So what's going on with that?
0: <laughs> so basically the Amazon prime Cinderella movie. I don't even know who the actress is in it. I just know that Billy Porter plays the fairy godmother <laughs> in it, just from the advertisements. And, on and the what's Amazon his name? Uh,
2: um, James Corden's in it, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. I just remember him and dancing in the street. in so that, mouse that, costume. that
0: and this Johnny Depp movie that I'd never heard about. And I don't what's even know what called? the name is. I'm not, I'm not even going to look it up. I don't okay. care. <laughs> I really don't care. But it's I just so hope the Amazon junk.
2: Cinderella wins just because it'd be hilarious.
0: <laughs> but it's just like these are the two leading things, and everybody's just like, what? And then the other one is like fan cheer moment.
2: <laughs> this is also really stupid. We got Anyways. rid of editing, for which is supposed to be the fan moment. cheer moment again, is supposed to be a Spider Man. Oh, yeah. My it's goodness. supposed to be the three Spider Man coming together. And what's winning? Is there, is there anything more.
1: 2022. Then we got rid of editing and brought in fan cheer moment. Voted on Twitter. Uh,
0: so amazing. I don't know. I I'm sure I'll be watching like a Raptors game or something on Sunday night, and, forth, and I'll yeah. look on my I'll look on my. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. I'll watch be
1: studiously this. watching a blank wall.
2: <laughs> Just as entertaining. Paint dry. I don't know if that's fair. Paint that's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. I bet we could make an interesting film about it though.
0: Uh, it's probably been done. Yeah.
2: Well, um I have I a question, one last ridiculous. question for you guys. What? Okay. What's the one film that you think should have been nominated that wasn't for Best Picture? I'm just doing mental math.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Card Counter. Anton?
2: Yeah, I'd probably say that. And I'd say Annette. The Leo's cracks film with, Adam, and I think Adam Driver never going to be nominated. I and I think, but I think Adam Driver should been nominated for Best Actor though too. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Like even even it that if speaks to the else, kind of he art th- yeah. no, but that speaks to the type of art thing that the Oscars in the past have rewarded, where it's like he's going out on a limb, he's singing throughout this and, and whole movie, taking a really and he's risky role. Com-
2: yeah,
1: exactly, like a really hateable character. Yeah, and probably the last duel should have got something. But. Well, the last duel. The flop.
0: See, the, the last duel is instructive, because it's flop. The fact that it flopped to the box office killed any of its the Oscar chances. Yeah. Even though, just because it was positioned as a movie that should make some money, right? Because it was actually a theatrical release. So it's interesting how these dynamics work out in the actual awards campaigns. Because that movie had screenplay, um, performance by Jodie Comer. All those kind of things are like really ripe for for Oscar mm-hmm. nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully um, you got some kicks out of this bonus episode on the Oscars, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Three Brothers
1: Filmcast. Goodbye, Mr. Malkin. I bid you farewell.